Hey, hey, welcome back to the stream. We're keeping it real goes right. Welcome back to Real Take Football Talk. We got a lot to talk about today. NFL divisional round matchup. Cincinnati taking on Tennessee. The San Francisco 49ers taking on the Green Bay Packers. The Los Angeles Rams, formerly of St. Louis, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. TB, it's... God could not have written a better script there for Tom Brady. Uh, and the Buffalo Bills finally taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead in a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. And I'm joined, as ever, with Ben Greenberger. By Gren B Gren Ben Greenberger? I can't even speak today. Guys, hit that like button. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Ask your questions. Put your comments in the chat. Let us know who you think is going to win. And without further ado, let's actually... One. Without further ado, let's actually get into the matchup. So as I mentioned, we have the four big divisional round matchups. Cincinnati Bengals versus the Tennessee Titans. San Francisco 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers. Los Angeles Rams on Sunday will be taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay, Tom. And the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen versus Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night. Ben... There's a lot that we're going to unpack here in the, in the about hour or so uh, that we're going to be talking about this. Uh, firstly, I just want to get your thoughts on the teams that made it. You know, which one of these teams you think generally like fits in here uh, the least? Which one of these teams do you, are you kind of surprised that might be here? Like, give me your overall thoughts about the teams that are left in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he understands how clocks work. Uh, like if, if this were any other coach, we would let it go. But Mike McCarthy's entire career has been defined by clock mismanagement, not really knowing how to, to run a game. Um, and I know that San Francisco is up. It's not like Dallas blew this. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan has kind of become the new like playoff choke guy. Um, we've always got to have one of those that we're just like, Hey, is this coach ever going to be able to get it done? It used to be Andy Reed. I think it might be Kyle Shanahan now. And I was watching that San Francisco game fully ready to be like, all right, yep. Here comes Kyle Shanahan. He's about to do it again. 28 to three. That's our guy. Um, and it was really close and, and they probably should have lost that game. Um, so I'm surprised that they're here. Uh, it was probably the game of the playoffs so far, the Nickelodeon game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, San Francisco is a good football team. They've been playing their best football of the year uh, over the past, I think, like ever since Halloween, really. They started, what, like two and six, three and six? Like I was over here saying fire Kyle Shanahan. I was one of those guys. Um, but, look, they're playing good football right now. Um, I didn't – think that they would even be here, but I guess here they are. Um, and then the rest of the teams are just division winners. I think this weekend is where the real football starts. That's fair. Um, I, I just kind of want to push back a little on the uh, 49ers slander that you just that you just gave there because I – look, the, the 49ers – I said it before, I said it again, I'm still alive in my Super Bowl predictions because I picked the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl before the playoffs started. A bold prediction, but say, so far we're still alive. The reason I did is because the 49ers were, to me, outside of Green Bay, the only other team, at least in the NFC, that consistently got better as the season went along and proved that they could run the ball down your throats with almost anyone they had. And if they... Min and 
look, Jimmy G's the ultimate wild card here. They they will go as far as Jimmy G will won't take them. You know, like if Jimmy G just decides to hand the ball to the other team in the fourth quarter, I don't know what to tell you. But if, if aside from that, they can run the ball well. They have the best, I think, one of the best, if not the best, front seven in football right now. Their defense plays tough. Kyle Shanahan is not clutch, but he's a he's a good play caller. He's a good coach. And I think that they found a rhythm. And I think though they're, they're gonna prove some people uh wrong in this game in Green Bay. Look, chances are uh, there's a good chance here that Green Bay blows him out 43 to 3. Boom, Jimmy G's gone. He's gonna be relegated to being like, I don't know, Josh Allen's next backup or whatever, right? But if there's any team that I like trust to give Aaron Rodgers a hard time right now, it's the San Francisco 49ers front because of the way they play defense. This is a team that I know the Dallas Cowboys are their own worst enemy, right? They're, like they will always be their own worst enemy. But you can't discount the fact that even that even without Nick Bosa for half the game, that like the San Francisco 49ers were able to hold strong, very strong against the number one offense in the entire league. That's a big deal. Uh, so I, I think they are they were built for the playoffs. If there's any team on the NFC, you can say that it's truly built for the playoffs because the Green Bay Packers, we know they're they're a one player team. I know the defense is playing better. I know all that jazz, but they're a one player team. Without Aaron Rodgers, six and ten, Mike, what's his name, uh, Matt Lafleur, he's he's coaching down up with his brother wherever the hell he's coaching that jabroni. But uh, but yeah, and and like Tampa Bay, obviously they got some they got some dogs there. But I mean, I don't know old uh and la yeah we'll talk about them later but i think san francisco is going to give some people trouble here um at least that's my thing uh i guess the next question i got for you ben is who do you think of which one player from one of these eight teams is under the most pressure right now to perform i'm i'm torn between two quarterbacks it's either matt stafford or it's uh aaron Rodgers, and you know i i think for both of them, it's it's just going forward uh, for the rest of the playoffs, right? Like Aaron Rodgers, we know how much he stinks in, in conference championship games and how he's only been to one Super Bowl. Um, so I think there's a lot of pressure on him, especially with that roster that they have. Um, it's, it's a loaded team, and I think they're getting three all-pro caliber players back for the playoffs, right? Jair Alexander's coming back. David Bakhtiari, their left tackle, is coming back, and they're getting Whitney Merciless back to rush off the edge. There is a lot of talent coming back for Green Bay that they didn't have during, like, the second half of the regular season. So they're getting better. They're getting healthier. That's why the bye mattered for them. Um, and it's 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 really Super Bowl or bust for them. I don't know how much more how much more pressure you can put on a team than saying Super Bowl or bust. The only reason it could be Stafford is because he got traded – to LA as an upgrade over Jared Goff or Golf. Troy Aikman, Jared Golf. Yeah, that's the right way to say it, Jared Golf. Um, when you get traded to a place to replace a quarterback who has been to a Super Bowl before, um, you better be better than him. And I think there's a lot of pressure on Matt Stafford, who, by the way, just won his first playoff game to prove that he's the guy and, and that that trade was the right move for the Rams. I mean, it's it's tough to – it's two different levels of, of challenge, right? You've got Super Bowl or bust on one side, and then you have Matt Stafford who has to kind of prove himself on the other. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's if, – if everything goes as 
as that should, right? If both of those guys are able to rise above pressure, they'll be playing each other in Lambeau next weekend. The only problem is that Matt Stafford has to play the Bucks, who, you know, Tom Brady doesn't really lose twice to the same team in the same season. But, you know, that's where the pressure is. You got to perform. It's the playoffs. Step up. Pressure is on. Uh, so I, I here's the thing. I, I agree with your take that like it's between Aaron Rodgers and and uh and, and and Matt Stafford because I mean Aaron Rodgers for him you you I, I could see the argument of Aaron Rodgers being it's bigger for Aaron Rodgers because this could be the difference between Aaron Rodgers being like you know like a you know like a, like a he's like a top ten player to like maybe moving into that top five or or what have you right because he's he's been so good for so long. His, as legacy wise, this means way more because Aaron Rodgers has to win another Super Bowl to be considered amongst like you know, I guess of that class of greatest like the Montanas, the 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 like all those guys, Unitas. I that, mean, that inner circle Hall of Famer. There's exactly. a lot of quarterbacks that are in the Hall of Fame that are like, oh yeah, Brett Favre, great quarterback, Eli Manning, great quarterback. But if you want to be in the Peyton Manning, the Johnny Unitas, the Joe Montana, the Tom Brady level that inner circle of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, you got to win another Super Bowl. Got a question real quick. Is Troy Aikman in that uh, inner circle? Even though no, he's probably one of you. <laughs> Troy, Troy, here's the thing about Troy. He only played like 11 years. I mean, people forget that he he kind of dipped pretty quickly. And and if you look at his passing numbers, it's not great, but he went out and he won football games. Like he, he was efficient and they just ran. They had the best running back uh, in terms of yardage. NFL history on that team, so why wouldn't you run the ball? Troy was the perfect guy on that team. So he was, a, and he's been doing TV for like thirty years now. Hey, big ups to Troy Aikman. He he got his bag, got out, got another bag. Um, yep. <laughs> he'll love to see it. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, for me, it's it's Matthew Stafford as far as under most pressure. I mean, like with Matthew Stafford, this is like like you could if he doesn't win. It and I think it's even more pressure because it's not just about him; it's about this franchise. It's about what they've given up. Seven straight first-round draft picks. They have mortgaged their entire future to build this team. And it's not going to be all on Matthew Stafford, right, if they lose or what have you. But it's going. a lot of it is going to be on Matthew Stafford, and a lot of it is going to be on Sean McVay. Those are the two people that are head coach and quarterback. I'm sorry, defensive players. Those are the two most critical positions uh, as far as a team goes, Head, who's calling the plays and who's executing the plays and facilitating the football. That's what matters the most, when, especially on this team with such a high-powered offense and all the stuff they do. It's going to be in Matthew Stafford's hands like if it comes down to winning the game. So he's under the most pressure. He just won his first playoff game. That's great. Now go out there, go to a Super Bowl, and get that Jared Goff monkey off your back because I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, if Matthew Stafford just uh, just shows up, go takes him to the playoffs, and oh man, we're one and done every year. Hey, we got to a championship game once, like an NFC championship game once. The dude, all of this will have been for nothing, absolutely nothing. Seven first round picks, trading away your number one overall pick, who again, say what you want, went out there and executed. Mo, like nine times out of ten, he executed exactly what you guys wanted him to execute, and then you trade him away. You get you get rid of Todd Gurley, although Todd Gurley his knee got rid of him in the NFL, but let's need here nor there. But I'm just saying it's going to be a catastrophic failure if the Los Angeles Rams don't end up in a Super Bowl over the next few years. Like it's bad. 
and and we were saying when we went to the uh, when we were at the bar on Saturday watching that watching all those games and I said to you about the Rams everything is forgiven if you win a championship if you don't oh, win yeah. a championship everybody will remember this and you know it'll just be a, a completely failed experiment nobody will ever do it again but if they win a championship if they win multiple championships this becomes a blueprint for how teams are going to be built so well, it's already a blueprint of how teams are built. It's how I built my team in Madden. I, I just you tank for the first year, you trade away all your first round picks to get all the best players in the league, and then you just win. Just win, baby. Just win for the next twenty years. Game runs out, you retire, you start anew <laughs> to to see if you can do it again until the next one comes out. And it's the same thing. Just a roster and, update. <laughs> and Matt Stafford is the starting quarterback in the city of Los Angeles. He is the face of this entire experiment. And if if he doesn't win a championship, then that's that's going to be on him, right or wrong, but it's all going to be on him. So, Absolutely, absolutely. We got No Lara in the chat saying, between the Bills versus Chiefs game, that game is the team for the AFC Super Bowl side. I mean, it very well could be. like That might determine who the real representative is from the AFC, but we'll get into that in a second. Ben, let's start off with our first game, Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, the Cincinnati Bengals traveled to Nashville, I believe Nashville, to take on the Tennessee Titans. And it's a matchup between a team in the Bengals who are coming off of their best season in a very long time, winning the AFC North, uh, going 6-0 in the division, going, I believe, 10-7 and for the year, beat, winning a playoff game at home. We know that how much that meant for the Bengals. We had a Bengals fan right next to us at Publix being very, very animated when they were when they were up, uh, big shout out to her. And and it, it was great. It's it's that feeling of elation you get. And now the question is, can they carry that same feeling into Nashville against a team that in the Titans that played really well, well enough to get that number one seed in the AFC, and now they get Derrick Henry back. Like that is a that is the ultimate X factor for this Titans team. Ben, what what are your thoughts going into this game? What are you looking at right now? Yeah, I mean, well, we talked. I, I talked about the Packers getting guys healthy. I mean, you can't really get anybody uh, more important healthy than Derrick Henry if you're the Titans. I mean, that's that's going to be a big chunk of your offense. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to put my thoughts together for this game, and it just keeps coming back to like nothing really impressed me about the Titans this year. I feel like they just kind of won games, and they were playing in like one of the more disappointing divisions in the league. So I think that kind of helped them, um, even though they did lose that game to uh, to the Texans. But, you know, that's they, – they had a kind of like up and down season. They still found a way to get the one seed. Um, you know, I, I want to say like, you know, maybe the Titans sneak out of nowhere and this is finally the year they get to the Super Bowl because I know Mike Vrabel's a hell of a head coach. Um, they've been good for a while. Ryan Tannehill is better than people give him credit for. The other side of this is that the Cincinnati Bengals, I feel just have something special going on. I don't, I can't explain what it is aside from Joe Burrow. Um, and I, I'm like, I'm, I've never been all in on a team uh, at least in the NFL as I am on, on these Bengals. I'm, I'm absolutely in love with this team. I mean, it's, it's I, I have the same feeling that I have about them as I did about that 2019 LSU team, common denominator, Joe Burrow, I'm just a big Joe Burrow guy. 
um, and Jamar Chase. I mean, that, that team was just special. This team feels like they have the same uh, sort of energy about them. I feel like these two AFC games are just complete toss-ups. I'm, I'm not sure either way uh, which way these are going to go, just because I feel like the quality of competition is going to be so high. I'm just looking forward to it. I just want football. I think the ultimate thing that this Bengals team has going for them is the fact that they are young and not afraid. Like, they're not afraid to make mistakes. There wasn't that, like, they might have put a lot of pressure on themselves coming into the season, but there really wasn't much pressure. You and I, like, we, we talked about our, uh, our preseason picks when, when we made them, like, a few months ago, and we both had the Bengals going, like, what, like, four and 12 or whatever. And, the, you know, like, like they, it was like, okay, they're going to, small improvement. Zach Taylor might or might not get fired, and they might. Bring it all back in another round, another round, another one. Let's go. But no, they they went out there, won ten games, won the division, and now like I think they still have that chip on their shoulder, and you can see in the way that they're playing. Joe Burrow said, "Shit, he, uh, Jamar Chase is down there somewhere, and he's gonna throw him the ball." And Jamar Chase is just playing like a maniac out there. I don't know, like nobody in the league can cover this guy. Like apparently, so that factor I think is something that they can use that actually might be able to trump Derrick Henry in this offense coming back. And I'm not saying this is not a disrespectful thing to Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry is like the best running back in the league. And that like, that's by far, but I, but I, the one thing I know about this Titans team, they've dealt with the injuries. Mike Rabel proved me wrong. I hated him as a head coach. I thought he was a terrible head coach. He went, he went out there, had the most injuries in NFL history and like managed to at the number one seed in the AFC. That's a huge fucking deal, all right? Big shout-out to you, Mike Rabel. You still suck, though, for letting your team, your uh, players dance on our logo. That was some bullshit. But, and, but, it, but in all seriousness, the Titans have been a very up-and-down team. Even when they had Derrick Henry, like, they were still, like, that up-and-down team, and they were the cardiac kids out there. They were out there, like, all right, Let's go see if we can come back against the Jets in the fourth quarter. And they didn't do it. And then even like if you look at their last game, the game where they had to have to have this first round bye, they almost blew it to the Houston Texans and Davis Mills, who, by the way, Davis Mills might shoot, probably be the starter next year in Houston. I mean, who else are you going to get? Um, I think he's good. I think he might actually be good. I'm, I'm a Davis Mills guy. He's very tall, very tall guy, long neck, Davis Mills. Anyway, but getting sidetracked here. Uh, but no, I think the I, I, the Titans, I just think are, they have a little bit of that. I don't know what it is. I don't want to say the Cowboys stain. Like, you know, when you, when you, when you think about the Cowboys, it's like, oh, like they're, they're going to lose in the first round. I just, there's something about this team. I just do not, I think they're going to, they're going to fold when, when they get into this moment. I genuinely think they're going to fold. I think they're going to get behind early. And if you get behind early to Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and these guys, and by the way, the Bengals play defense. I, people don't think they do. The Bengals actually play defense, people. I guess the team that w that was not, like, they were a really good rush defense. I don't have the numbers, uh, like, in front of me right now, but they were really good against the run. And I'm just saying, man, Derrick Henry, I'm assuming he's, like, at close to 100%, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, it, it's going to be interesting to see, but... For my prediction, I'm going with the Bengals. They give me the vibe. They give me the vibe of the young upstart team that's going to go to the AFC Championship game. They're probably going to lose there. We'll get into that later. But I, they really give me that vibe. They're going. I think they're going to win two two playoff games 
get there. Joe Burrow is going to be the first quarterback, uh, first rookie, or no, he's not a rookie anymore, so I can't even say that. Now, well, Joe Burrow is going to go to the AFC Championship game, which in his second year as a Bengals starting quarterback, which no one else can say. So. Yeah, I don't even want to make a pick because, like, I, in my heart, I obviously want to pick the Bengals, but, like, we haven't seen the Titans play, like, for real. We haven't seen them play in, like, two weeks, three weeks, really, because that last game against the Texans, they that was just like, you know, we'll, we'll try for the first half, get a big lead, and then just kind of coast. Um, Ooh, yeah, they almost I, didn't coast. They really didn't coast, my G. <laughs> <laughs> they almost blew it. Mills. That's Davis Mills. Davis Mills is going to be a he's he's the comeback kid. He's getting them, uh, you know, eight wins next year. But um, yeah, the the Titans are a really good football team. I don't. I'm just going to say that. I don't. I don't want us to forget that the Titans are a really good football team. Um, so if the Bengals do in fact lose and break my heart, um, the Titans are a one seed for a reason, and I think playing at home is going to help them a little bit. So. Make a pick. Get on the record. I'll pick the Titans because then if the Bengals win, I won't be I won't be upset. There you go. There you go. All right. I got Bengals. He's got Titans. Reluctantly, albeit, but he's got it. Next, uh, let's move on and talk about the NFC matchup from Saturday night, eight fifteen p.m. Eastern. The San Francisco Fort ah, the San Francisco 49ers take on the Green Bay Packers. In the this divisional round game that, you know, in like, what, 1974 would have been a classic, 1980s would have been a classic, 1990s would have been a classic, and it's a classic today. You got JBG versus Aaron Rodgers. You have the the whoever at running back, doesn't matter, Elijah Mitchell, uh, that rookie that they got, it doesn't matter who they got, he's going to run the fuck out of that football. And then you got the Green Bay Packers on the other side, they got Aaron jo- Aaron Jones and, and, and Devontae Adams, who's also just a beast. What are you looking AJ for in Dillon, this game? Father, I'm, I'm looking for AJ oh. Dillon. They got to change it up. Um, yeah. This, I, this is going to be a good football game. Like just, just in, in general, like we're going to see a lot of running um, play action pass. Like this is old school. What you grew up with football. This is not going to be a lot of those, you know, weird screens, RPO, dink and dunk crap that we've been stuck with for the past couple of weeks you know that whatever we saw last week in kansas city against pittsburgh where you know big ben's throwing his two yard out routes and you know they're running a yard into the line of scrimmage and the chiefs are you know having the tight end throw a touchdown this is going to be old school like classic football i i'm just i'm really excited for this one um especially for like the nostalgia factor like you mentioned like i've already been seeing a ton of the you know NFL throwback. Hey, remember when Colin Kaepernick ran for 180 yards in this playoff game? And you remember when, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers uh, lit up the 49ers in the playoffs this year. It's just like, oh, it's 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 going to be it's going to be good stuff. They this, this has been like a staple big game playoff matchup. I think like I think it's probably been like five times in the past decade these guys have played in a big playoff game. Like not in a first round game, like in a divisional or a championship game, like they just find their way into playing each other. Um, and it's, this is, this is just going to be high quality football. The Packers, I mean, this is why you rest guys. I think they're probably just going to come out and, and just play the same level that they've been playing all year. Um, I don't think it's going to be a route, but I think, 
uh, I think there's going to be a garbage time touchdown from San Francisco that makes it look a little bit closer than it actually is. It's just going to be quality the whole way. Second half Packers pull away a little bit. That's what I'm looking for. So you're going with the, they're going to be down by like 16 at the end of the fourth quarter, score like a last second touchdown and then like get the two point conversion. Hey, we only lost by one score. Nah, you're right. not giving them enough credit. Nah. I, I think San Francisco is going to be trying an onside kick at the end. I, whatever the over is, take it. I think there's going to be points in this game. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is, I'm feeling like, you know, Green Bay 34, San Francisco, I'll say like 26, 27, 28, somewhere in that range. I'll tell you this much. If the score is above 30, Packers are winning. Like that, that's just it, basic logic would tell you that because, and I'm, that's not a slight against Kyle Shanahan, the way he runs his offense. It's just, it comes down to quarterback. And I said, Jimmy G is a, can be a really good quarterback and that is fine. And it works in that team. When he doesn't make mistakes, that is going to be the most critical thing in this game. It is going to be Jimmy G because if Jimmy G goes out there, doesn't make the mistakes, and even makes a play or two, I think I got you have to go with the 49ers just because of the way they play defense, because of the way that they run the ball, because of the way that that offense is structured. And honestly, if they can play a game similar to the way they played for three quarters in Dallas, I I you I, I you have to go with the 49ers like they're that like that's their formula for winning, which is get in the face of the quarterback, get Aaron Rodgers rattled, minimize the big play, minimize his possessions, and take as much time off the clock with your long, the clock, <laughs> with your long offensive drives. Um, I think that, like I said, I, I already gave my spiel with the 49ers. I have them going to the Super Bowl. Again, it is with the big asterisks. If, the, if anyone in this game, even if the 49ers are the first to, get, uh, to crack 30, Packers are winning this game. Like, like rest assured, Aaron Rodgers is getting the he, – he's he's not losing – he's like, oh, we went out there and we scored 30 and we didn't win this game. That's not happening. Like, I, 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 will, I will switch sides on that one. But I have the 49ers here because – not just because they're my Super Bowl pick, not just because uh, I, I think that they have a formula that's going to win at least two, three playoff games because of the way they run the ball and play defense, which matters so much when you're going uh, in Lambeau in the frozen tundra at night in January. It matters a lot. It's going to be I, single digits. It's it's going to be so cold there, man. Like we were complaining of, we we're complaining about it being cold here. Nah, man. Like those, those, those green Bay fans are going to be freezing their nips off. It, it's, it's, there's snow in the forecast in the morning and the low at night is two. God so, bless football. And this is, this God, is night. Just Kyle Shanahan is the perfect game. Just run the ball. Just don't do it. Just run. I want to see a Bill Belichick uh, game that he had up in Buffalo. Not this time around. Last time around. When they ran the ball 40 times. Throw, make Jimmy G throw the ball three times. That's the formula for the 49ers winning this game. Run the hell out of the football. Tire out that Packers front because they they don't got a high motor on them. Uh, big shout out to Darius Smith and them boys. But I don't think they got it like that. I... I I got the 49ers in this one. Again, I I understand it's it, it's a long shot even, but I think they I think they got a I think they got the defense and the running game to make it happen. Jimmy it's all on the shoulders of Jimmy G. I got 49ers 29 26. I think you're just standing by your pick that you had before the playoffs and you're afraid to adjust it so you reverse engineer. No. no. You know uh-huh. what? No. How about uh-huh. this? Okay, everything I said about the Packers 49ers score 40 points. I don't get, like, no. You know what? 49ers, 47, 
to three. I, I, you like that? You like that? Let's go. Go with that. Put your money on it, kids. Is this is this the NBC game or does Fox have this one? I think I think that CBS. No, CBS has the Sunday ones. This is Fox. I think this is Fox. Okay. Or, so I, or, is NBC? NBC. I think has NBC. Tampa, I think. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll check that, uh, okay. guys. While I you check that. <laughs> what? Yeah, just Ben. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I, we were talking about San Francisco. My my favorite player on San Francisco, and I, I also refer to him as your favorite player's favorite player, Debo Samuel. Uh, he's he's probably the best player uh, left in the playoffs. That's not named. That, that's not a quarterback. I'll, I'll go there. He's the best playmaker Donald, for sure. He's he's the best playmaker. I know Aaron Donald is still left. Debo is like if he were on any other offense or with any other quarterback, like the things that anybody could scheme for him. Like I don't think Kyle Shanahan is ever going to let that guy go. He's the he best running back left in the playoffs right now, and he's the he's probably one of the best five receivers left in the playoffs right now. He's like if you remember peak Le'Veon Bell, right when mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell was top five in receptions and top five in rushing yards those years. And he got franchise tagged and he was like, I want to get paid as a receiver, even though you're trying to pay me as a running back. Or he was trying to get like paid as both. Um, yeah. Under the franchise tag, which hilarious. Um, that's what Debo is. Debo is is that Le'Veon Bell. And and if you I mean, if you remember how special Le'Veon Bell is for for those couple of years, we're seeing it again. And, and it's I, I love seeing players that are able to do a, a variety of stuff at a ridiculously high level like it's it's almost like cordero patterson but like shifty almost he's, almost he's like cordell old. patterson he's almost like cordell patterson all right no, there nobody's like cordell patterson this man can play any <laughs> position on the field put him in a quarterback he will be successful put him in a wide receiver put him in at guard this man will block the hell he, he is an ow personified offensive <laughs> weapon that's the position for, for that guy. But, no, I agree. Think about it like this, dude. Debo Samuel was, like, what? Fifth, he was fifth in the NFL in receiving with Jimmy G as his starting quarterback for most for almost the entire year. I think it was one game, one or two games he might have missed. But other than, like, like he, he, he was a top five receiver easily with Jimmy G as his quarterback. This dude is going to make Trey Lance look like a million bucks. And, it, it, and, and, it's gonna be great. I, I again, I'm a I'm a huge Trey Lance fan too. So may, maybe that's why I'm, I'm 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 hoping that. But I got the uh, schedule pulled up. If you wanna, uh, if you wanna. Yeah. I, well, well, the one last thing that I want to say on Debo is like Kyle Shanahan did the thing where like you know, so every coach right now is like trying to do these short passes and everything because they're like, oh, I want my receiver to have the ball in his hands and like Space, yards after yeah. catch because he's just he's just good with the ball in his hands lots of screens, like lots of, lots of little like shovel passes that they run now. Uh, those pop a shot passes, Kyle Shanahan almost like went backwards in evolution. and was like, why don't we just hand the ball off to him? Like just run the ball with him. Like that's literally the fastest way to, to get the ball into his hands, just hand it off to him. And, uh, yeah. it's, it, it works. It works fine. But anyway, yeah. Who, that's what, who has that's what, what I game? call it's what I call a grinder right there. It's like John Gruden. Remember when he says, like, it's like we're going to throw the game back to 1998. Kyle Shane is like, we're going to throw the game back to 1938. Just, just handoffs. That's all that we want. Um, uh, Here, I got the schedule pulled up. For, so for Saturday, in this order, the Bengals-Titans game is going to be on CBS. And the 
Packers 49ers game on Fox. Then on Sunday, Rams, Bucks on NBC, and Bills and Chiefs on CBS. Oh, they're gonna score. Someone's gonna score something, Jim. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my shit and and, predict, gonna, and wrong wrongly predict plays. I'm gonna mute that game. I can't I really can't listen to Rumble anymore. I was so happy that listen that, to me. Uh, listen to me. I'm gonna be streaming that game right here on this YouTube channel. Hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever new video is released. YouTube.com forward slash real take sports. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, Chris is probably, Chris Collinsworth is probably all upset that he doesn't get to do the 49ers game because there's like Debo is his favorite player. And there's nothing he loves more than just like watching Debo like run the ball. And he's just like, Debo Samuel out, Debo. He just says it over and over. It's great. I love Chris. Oh, man. I'm just like, I, I wish. I w- that that Lambo any playoff game in Lambo has to be called by Chris Collinsworth and and Al Michaels right like I, I that that should I mean, be Joe that should Troy be is, Joe and Troy no is it's like, not no I don't yeah, want to see no no it's in ben, they suck it's in okay playoff. you know what no no sorry Troy Aikman you're fine Joe Buck you suck you you know, look you, you remember what did Laura Ingram say to LeBron's like shut up and dribble hey shut up and watch. Shut up in baseball. Okay, you can baseball. You can call baseball because you can be boring. You can be a boring baseball announcer and be a great baseball announcer. But no, football, I need – I want at least a little excitement. Maybe not the Tony Romo level of excitement you, you, that Tony gives me because this might be too much. But I'm talking about like like give me – like the bar is Al Michaels. I'm not even asking for that. I'm Give me Iron Eagle, bro. Give me some Iron Eagle. You're like Joe Buck's in a category of his own being like all the way down here. Well, we've got another eagle coming. I don't know if anybody saw the Nickelodeon game, but Noah Eagle was calling the Nickelodeon game, and he sounds exactly like him. It's terrifying, and it was ridiculous. My favorite thing. My favorite thing from the past few years is just like announcer sons just getting like just getting paid and getting jobs. It's like the it's like the greatest thing. It's just like we're gonna have another generation of eagle. We're gonna have another generation of Collinsworth. We're at the second. Going probably going to go into the third generation of Buck at some point. It, it, it's it's Jesus. What what's happening? Not bad, though. I, no Eagle wasn't terrible, and and Jack Collinsworth is just like, hey, he sounds like his dad. That's good enough. I just need the voice. I just want to hear the voice. Yeah, uh, it was like Jack Collinsworth is like exactly what I imagine, what I picture when I think of a white dude. It's just like like when you think about white dude, it's just like oh, perfect right there. Even the teeth, the smile, the smile is what does it for me. I'm like, oh, that is a there's a quite with a Q smile, like as a white smile. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, no, he, he's good. He's good. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about the game, though, the NBC game that is going to be called by Chris Collinsworth and Alan Michaels. Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern, it's going to be the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Tom hosting uh, Matt Stafford and the Rams. Rams have one of the most high-powered offenses in the entire league this year for, like, maybe 12 of the games. You know, all the games, they they just didn't not show up. I don't know what to tell you. They, they just didn't play for, like, a solid, like, six, seven games. Either way, uh, Tom Brady, he's looking to go back to the NFC Championship game. He's actually looking to go back to the Super Bowl, back-to-back years, to go on another three-peat because that's what Tom Brady does. He just goes to Super Bowls and then laughs at your face. And well, by the time he's going to win his 10th Super Bowl, He's just going to be like, oh, baby, I'm playing till I'm 60 because that's what Tom does. Um, so Rams, Bucks. Ben, what are you looking out for in this game? And what do you think the outcome is going to be? I'm, yeah, okay. So with the Bucks, there's, 
there's two thoughts in my head. The one thought is they have no weapons. Everyone's hurt. Um, their offensive line is banged up. Like, like they're just a very injured team right now. Like they lost Chris Godwin. I feel like their entire running back room is dealing with something. They just got Gio Bernard back, but I mean, still every, everybody's just ailing, right? That's just a, that's just a hurt dinged up sickly team. Um, the other side of it is it's it's Tom Brady and it's the playoffs. And, and I would be an absolute idiot to go against Tom Brady in the playoffs because I've tried it before. I've said, you know, oh, Tom Brady's over the hill or, oh, this might just not be his year. There's other teams in, in the conference that are, you know, a little bit better on paper or whatever. It He got to the Super Bowl with Danny Amendola and Chris Hogan. I mean, like this guy's been he, – he's he just carries teams. And – you know, it's it's weird because they had that whole thing with Antonio Brown. And I'm just trying to wrap my mind around what the storyline would be here, right? Like the the one path is Antonio Brown mix up, um, everybody's hurt. Yeah, this is a, a natural year for things to just be like, you know, crap out and and you know, you know, it's it's just not their year. But I feel like that's when Tom Brady wins most of his games and and people saying that stuff is the reason that he comes into the locker room and says we're underdogs even though they just won a super bowl right and he's clearly the best quarterback that's ever played probably the best player that's ever played and you know you just give this guy fuel and he's just going to keep winning games i mean you know i know that having the interior of tampa's line being banged up and their right tackle which is right across from where uh von miller lines up those two spots having injuries, probably not ideal. Um, but then again, I mean, you know, Tom Brady's been a guy who just, he's just efficient. Like it doesn't matter what the scheme is that he's playing against. He he's always been efficient because he just takes what the defense gives him, right? If he has to throw a check down, he'll throw a check down. He'll be checked down Tom. He'll get five yards and just lead you down the field on a nine minute touchdown drive. And he'll, he'll just win games like that. He doesn't care. It's about winning. And I don't know. I feel like the Rams with their roster, um, with Sean McVay being Sean McVay, um, they're, they just kind of have duds, like you mentioned, like, you know, and if, if they come out again against a team that they beat already, and that team is Tom Brady's team, right? Like Tom Brady, as I said earlier, just, he just doesn't lose to teams twice in the same season. It doesn't happen. Um, they've seen this team already. They kind of know what they're going to get. Nobody's going to be studying harder this week than Tom Brady. And I think he's probably just going to pick them apart. Um, honestly, this one has like a little bit of blowout potential. If I'm, if I'm even going to go there, like, I, I think like you're going to just get everybody's counting Tampa out and, and they're just going to come out and, you know, just take care of business, like a solid, like, you know, 27 to like 13, just beat them up. But so uh, that, that's funny you mentioned that because my final score for this game and I, I was 35-12. I looked at this game. I'm like, 35-12. Like, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I thought about it. I'm like, what are, what could happen to make that happen? And, like, maybe it's just me in my head, like, like reaching. I'm like, okay, they, okay, they could miss two extra points. Which is, look, look. Hey, man, no. He, Gay is, like, one of the most reliable kickers. He's not going to miss no extra points. So, I don't know. There's a few things that's possible. They could be going for two. Either way, blowout. Bay, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying blowout, meaning 20 points or more. 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to coast in this game. And I think it's it, it's a little bit of the same thing reason why I think the Titans, uh, like, and it's, again, not because I don't think they're talented. I think it's more so maybe the moment. Like, one of the big things that this team has going for them is the talent. But in the and that can get you far in the NBA. That can get you far in in a lot of sports. But in football, it's different. In football, having great players doesn't necessarily make you a great team all the time. And that's why when you when I look at the Rams and I look at them throughout the season and I see things like duds throughout the season, I see things like in in, a, in what was still a pretty crucial game and in the end of the year against San Francisco, they lost. They got beat by a team that probably they probably should have shouldn't have beaten or shouldn't have gotten beat by. So when I see that, I'm like, is should I really look at this team as a threat in the playoffs? Are they ready for the moment? Is Matthew Stafford ready for the moment? Because there's a look, big respect to Kyler Murray. It's a big, big step playing Kyler Murray and that Arizona Cardinals team without DeAndre Hopkins versus Tom Brady. With Mike Evans, who's getting healthy, with Gronk, who's still out there, Cameron Bright, all the weapons, Leonard Fournette, uh, name, just keep naming the talent. They, they got talent, they got bodies, they got depth on that Tampa Bay team. I don't see the same with this Rams team. They played well against Arizona. I think they are overdue for one of their just boom games. And look, you want to talk about motivation? Tom Brady does not need any motivation. Like, like it, here's the thing: Tom Brady doesn't need any real motivation. He's, he's going to Bobby Boucher this, like, when he gets to the line. He's going to look over, and he's just going to be like, look at that dude. Look at me. Gatorade. Gatorade. Like, it's just going to be like one of those things. Tom Brady's going to be like, no, mama. I'm going to play foosball. And he's going to throw a few touchdowns. That's what Tom Brady does. Um, Quick fact check, though. Tom Brady has lost to the same team twice in the, se- in the same season. You want to guess which team that is? The Jets. Okay, he's lost to two teams twice in the same season. You want to guess what the other team is? <laughs> you got that uh, one right, yeah. I... Uh, twice in the same season. Uh, maybe the Colts? No. he No, I mm. I know this one. It's the Baltimore Ravens, 2012. They lost on Sunday night. That was that was what, the manure game when the fans were chanting bullshit at the replacement refs. And then <laughs> uh, and then uh, they lost in the AFC title game when Flacco just said, I'm, I want to win a Super Bowl and get paid. Flacco had money on his mind in that game. But, yeah, I, I think we're both in agreement, though. Like, Tom Brady, it's just – he's going to get to the NFC title game. I it, Odds are we're probably going to see that that rematch and see if Aaron Rodgers can overcome. Here, here's something I'll, I'll throw at you is before we move on to our next game. Let's say, for argument's sake, it's Green Bay versus Tampa Bay in the NFC title game. If Aaron Rodgers loses that game – what are we talking about with him as far as his legacy and and everything? Because this is, you could argue, this is the best team he's ever had around him. I think then he's in the same class as every other great quarterback that's played in this era. Drew Brees, Roethlisberger. Um, you could even throw Peyton Manning into that. Um, in, in that class of, you know, all right, these were great quarterbacks that played in this era, but they played in Tom Brady's era. It was, it was never, it was never their era. You know, like you you look back at, uh, at the nineties in the NBA, right. Hakeem was a great player. Mm. Um, David Robinson was a great player, 
Stockton and Malone were great. They played in Michael Jordan's era. You know, I mean, they, they can they can win as many championships as they want. If they were playing in, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s even, you know, you could be like, oh, the Packers were a dynasty. They had their day. You, people look at the, the bad boys Pistons, right? They were a great team. They had their dynasty. Those guys were were champions and everything. But you're never going to be looked back on as, as a champion and one of the greatest if you can't dominate and win championships over a little bit, uh, have, like have a little run. Aaron Rodgers is never going to have that um, because this has always been Tom Brady's era. Never ends. Like, like I remember back in like twenty. Like, like I remember back in like twenty twelve. I was like, "Oh, the Flacco era is here, baby." The F- Joe Flacco, Tom Peyton Manning's gonna retire in a few years. Ben Roethlisberger's gonna retire in a few years. Tom Brady's definitely gonna retire in a few years. I was on cloud nine, and then twenty, 20 then twenty thirteen came along. Twenty fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and all those guys were still there. And Flacco was losing his job. I was like, okay, well, all right. Maybe that was a little bit of homerism for me. But I agree with you. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has to win a Super Bowl. Like, like, I mean, it's. I don't think it's as immediate as, as the – or not immediate. I don't think it's as urgent as the Rams and uh, because, because just of how much they've invested. But as far as legacy-wise, Aaron Rodgers, he has a lot on the line because it's the – like you said, it's the difference between him being one of the – like great quarterbacks that like he's probably if he doesn't win another Super Bowl he's be, like he is at the top of that great quarterback class of this uh of this generation like he's at the top and it's not even like it's, honestly I love Drew Brees but it's like not even close as far as talent wise Aaron Rodgers probably the one of the, the best talent you could say ever he just has not been able to utilize that talent and uplift his team enough in critical situations in the NFC title game to get to the to get to the Super Bowl and win multiple times he he did it in 2010. Hasn't been back since. Big pressure on Aaron Rodgers coming up. And coming up on Sunday night, Ben, we got the main event of Divisional Week, uh, of the NFL and Divisional Week. The main event, the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs, Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, a repeat of last year's AFC Championship game. And it's in Arrowhead. It's in prime time. Thank God it's at 6.30 p.m. so I can get to sleep on time. But it is going to be electric there. You got two of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. You have two of the up-and-coming head coaches. You got Sean McDermott, who was actually an assistant for Andy Reid for a while. So you got that storyline to think about. A lot of stuff to think about. The Bills obviously lost last year to this Chiefs team. What do you think is the key to victory for the Buffalo Bills because a lot of people are looking at the Chiefs as like they're just going to coast like not coast necessarily in this game but they're good but a lot of people have them already in the Super Bowl I feel like there's a lot of complacency amongst fans and not necessarily the team as far as yeah the Bills are great they had they destroyed the Patriots but it's going to be different at Arrowhead it's going to be different with when they play uh that bad man in Patrick Mahomes what do you think The Bills will win this game if they can lock down the middle of the field. And what I mean by that is their linebackers and their safeties have to be playing at like an all-pro level in coverage because the Kansas City Chiefs passing offense is built off of these little, you know, seven-yard dump pass to the tight end as he pops off the line. Six-yard, uh 
comeback route to Tyree kill. And then he's going to weave around and, and run like they'll take, you know, three or four deep shots a game because Mahomes likes to just throw the ball deep and you have to, you know, throw the ball deep to get the defense on their heels a little bit. But if the bills are able to get the chiefs out of their rhythm offensively, and that rhythm is completely dependent on their ability to throw the ball between the line of scrimmage and the first down line, they love yards after catch because Kelsey Hardman and Hill are all fantastic with the ball in their hands. If the bills are able to tackle and if they're able to prevent guys from making those catches, if they're able to jam up the middle a little bit, make it a little muddy in there, the bills can win this game and they will win this game if they do that because their quarterback has been playing at a different level. They figured out how to run the football. I don't know where that came from. They were terrible running the ball all year. And over the past three or four weeks, they finally flipped a switch and Devin Singletary looks like a, a competent running back now. Um, and and their, their passing game looks good. They've been able to cover downfield. They haven't been giving up huge plays. Um, and the run defense is pretty solid. And, and the Chiefs running game hasn't been great uh, the past couple of weeks. Their offensive line's a little bit dinged up. Um, I mean, everybody is this time of year. But I think if the Bills can lock down the middle of the field, like between the numbers, um, they'll they'll win this game. That's my thought on that. If they don't, then it's over. That's fair. Um so for me, I, I looked at this I looked at this way more critically probably than a lot of the other games because, you know, like there's always a gut feeling with some games. There's always a, you know, maybe a feeling of, of, of you know, a team you want to make it, which, yeah, admittedly, the 49ers, yeah, I, got, I want them to succeed because I want to see Kyle Shanahan. I want to see Kyle Shanahan keep his job, have his entire team injured next year, Keep his job after that. I just want him to. I just want Kyle Shanahan to just continue to be the 49ers coach. Like, there's no one else who's gonna have that. I, I don't think anyone else should have that job. I think Kyle Shanahan's like the perfect coach for that team. I, I don't so, know why. So you want him to like run a run a grift where basically every three years yes. he gets to the Super Bowl, keeps his job for two more crappy years, and then gets to another Super Bowl, and then just keep like keeps doing that cycle. He needs to be like a Super Saiyan version of Jeff Fisher. Like that okay. is that 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 is what I want Kyle uh, Kyle Shanahan a super Saiyan version of Jeff Fisher because he's a lot he's significantly better coach than Jeff Fisher but but uh, you know I just like you know hey hey we go we go I wanted to be a roller coaster went ten and seven made the Super Bowl next year okay we five and twelve and that happened hey Jimmy G was injured Trey Lance was injured we had injuries hey what, what you want we had injuries but uh, anyway no uh, but I did look at this way more critically and. The biggest factor I looked at was what was the difference for the Chiefs? Because the Chiefs, in my opinion, talent-wise, are the better team. As far as the way they play, I think they're, they're the better team. And they have the best player. I, I All of those factors couldn't be ignored. But the biggest thing for me that dictated and, and swayed my opinion on this game was the Chiefs were like the worst defense for the first like five games of the year or five or six games of the year. And they got throttled by this team by this Bills team earlier on in the year. And then, like, the last, like, 10 weeks of the season, they were number one. And they have clamped down on every team they've played since then. I think the Chiefs are going to win this. I think it's going to be close because you're because Josh Allen is not going to go out like that. He's not going to go out like a loser. He's going to go out swinging, and he's got a, the biggest arm in the NFL. He's got one of the best targets in the NFL. They're going to score points. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I have this actually – this game might go into the 40s. Like, I genuinely think that. I think – because I, I think, like, at least for the Chiefs, I think Chiefs might score 40. I don't know about the Bills, but 
But I do think when it comes time to make a play, I think Tyron Matthew and the Chiefs defense is going to be ready. I, I genuinely think that. And they got Pat Mahomes. I Sorry, Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, Mrs. Mahomes. Uh, they, they got Patrick Mahomes. It, it, it's the ultimate difference maker for me. I got the Chiefs in this one. I'll say I'll, I'll give them four. I got 40 to 33. My my thing on the Chiefs is, you know, they've been to two straight Super Bowls and Andy Reid's their head coach. So I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm waiting for Andy Reid to have his Andy Reid moment when we're all like, oh, yeah, that's Andy Reid. There he is calling a timeout with, you know, 10 minutes left in the first quarter and then calling a second one with, you know, eight minutes left in the first quarter. And then he's, you know, like he's he's due for an Andy Reid moment for a comeback to earth moment that that might happen. This week, I'm just going to throw a flag on that. Just just be ready for an Andy Reid uh, being Andy Reid moment. I think the Bills are, are one of those teams that's just gotten better as the season went on. I remember when, uh, who was it? I think it was Tredavious, you're right. Tredavious White yeah. tore his Achilles or tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. Season-ending injury on Thanksgiving in New Orleans. And I think the Saints were 7-5, seven 7-6. and five, seven and six. Um, yeah, they were still in the playoff hunt. Right, and and so were the Bills. And I think the Bills, like, after that game, we were I think a bunch of us were sitting around and being like, well, you know, they just had a season-ending season injury to their best player on defense. And, you know, the Patriots are playing really well. Maybe the Bills just maybe, – maybe this just isn't their year. They've completely turned the corner since then, and they've been, they've been playing a lot better. And they just beat a team in the playoffs by 30. So – I mean, they're they're clearly like getting better. It's just a matter of are they getting better or are they as good as the Chiefs are right now? Because the Chiefs started what three and four? Like we were all like, all right, Chiefs are done. This is Andy Reid's Andy Reid year, and then they pop back up to almost having the one seed at the end. Um, you know, I I don't know I don't know where to go with this game. I think it's a total total toss up. Um, the Bills already beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead this year. Um, you know, it's 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 a tough one to call. I think the call Bills. Uh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to dial do it, it up, man. Uh, dial it up and call it. Come on. If if you're going, are you going Chiefs in this one? I'm going Chiefs in this one. All right. Um, I'll go. Are you Bills gonna pull a, you gonna pull a I'll Chris Berman? Oh, yeah. you're all on the Chiefs. We're Somebody's going Buffalo. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Like, okay, <laughs> I love this. Yeah. I love well, to see. It. If 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 you're saying uh, I'm doing a boomer, I'll give you a boomer score then. Bills, uh, thirty six. Chiefs, uh, twenty five. There's your boomer score for the uh, for the Bills Chiefs game. No one circles the wagons. Like the Buffalo no Bills, no circles one. the wagons, like the Buffalo Bills. Whoop! Absolutely. I, I mean, say. hey, hey. I mean, look. That okay. So for me, that would mean I got the, I got the Bengals and I got the Bengals and the Chiefs in the AFC title game, and I got the 49ers and the Tampa Bay Bucks in the NFC title game. Oof, Ben, it's gonna be fun. Hey, hey. Whatever, whatever happens, football is going to be amazing. On Saturday night, this Sunday night, it's going to be great. The real football starts. I've been saying it. Last weekend was just a little appetizer. Get us mad. This is this is the real weekend of football. 
And we're going to see. Hey, only one of these teams can win, but it's going to be one of these eight teams that's going to go and win Super Bowl 56, 7? Yeah. Yeah, Something like that. Six, yeah, yeah, because I remember I was like, I called last year's Super Bowl Twirl Suggs because it was 55, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Ben, uh, thank you so much for joining uh, this show today. Uh, you, you got like, you got a few minutes to stick around just just to get get through this Mike McCarthy or you, you got to go? No, I can I can hang for a little bit. I can I can give you some quick thoughts on, uh, on yeah, some stuff. Give, give, give me your, look, all right, I just want, you're, you are the one who, you came on this show last year and you said, Mike McCarthy is not going to last as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. And we just witnessed one of the, I don't know what it, what to call it, honestly. It's one of the biggest blunders by a team I've seen in, in such a critical situation in a very long time. Definitely by a coach because, one, Mike McCarthy either approved or didn't, set, didn't re, like refute a quarterback draw with 14 seconds left in the game. And then on top of that, his team wasn't prepared and didn't know what to do with the ball and hand it to the official. Like, everyone, every other team in the NFL knows how to do it. Like, it's crazy what happened there. And then they obviously blamed the officials, which, all right, cool. Yeah, the Cowboys, gotta, Cowboys fans got to have an excuse. What, is, what should be Mike McCarthy's future in Dallas and what will be his future, unfortunately, for Dallas fans? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like you're kind of stuck with him at this point. You just had a pretty good year. Um, I mean, the numbers were good. Offense was off the charts. He hired the right defensive coordinator. I mean, I guess if you get to hire two of them, uh, one of them will be right. For context on that, he hired his best friend, Mike Nolan, uh, in his first year there, and that really didn't work. So then he had to hire a real defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. We love Dan Uh, Quinn. Cool guy, Dan, with the backwards hat now. Um, just a coordinator, not a head coach. Not his fault if anything goes bad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think Mike McCarthy's as good as Mike McCarthy's going to be. I mean, this is this is the kind of guy he is. He's always at war with clocks. Um, the, the story that I keep telling about him, and I'll say it again because I feel like it's not getting across to everybody because I feel like every time I hear about Mike McCarthy, this isn't, this isn't mentioned. He got the Dallas job after he took a year off from Green Bay and told the guys in Dallas, hey, I took this year off to learn analytics. He then, in his introductory press conference, said, I was just lying about that. I never really learned anything about analytics. So there's that on Mike McCarthy. Basically, he bought a a pro football focus uh, subscription and was just like, yeah, I learned analytics this offseason. I learned analytics, too. I have a pro football focus subscription. I learned analytics, too, people. That's that's when you come back. You, too, can be an NFL head coach. (laughs) It's, it's when you come back from like summer vacation and in, in like, you know, high school and they're like, so did you do this summer reading? It's like the book is right here. And you say nothing more after that. It's just like I have the book. So infer what you would like. Um, that's but, even but but that's not even as bad because like you could tell your teacher, hey, the book's right here. You're not lying. The book is physically right there, but you didn't answer whether or not Mike McCarthy. Like there were, yeah, E60 ran a segment about this, bro. I remember why E60 ran a segment about Mike McCarthy having like this, 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 this sorry, this football like farm or whatever he had, which is like just his man cave where he watched games and like, like got drunk and 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 was like, huh. I wonder. I wonder if, like, like it, it was just like I, I. He needs to go. He needs to go, Ben. Yeah, and I mean the thing on that is like I don't know how much longer Jerry's gonna 
going to deal be with alive. this. Be alive. Be right. alive. Well, okay, so that's the thing about Jerry. Jerry is, I, I don't know how old he is, just by judging. 77. He's 77? Okay, from the looks of him, he looks like he's 102. He looks worse and worse every Sorry, day. Sorry, 79. No. 79. Uh, I'm stuck in 2020. 2020. Oh my God. Yeah, I am stuck in 2020. Please continue. Yeah. No, he, he, he looks horrible. He looks like a, like a corpse. And I think Jerry is starting to come to grips with his own mortality. Um, and he's realizing that he might not ever win another Super Bowl before he dies. Like he, he bought the team pretty much won three quick Super Bowls and that was it. Now they're trying to like get back to that, which it seems like they're never going to do while Jerry's alive because Jerry's, way too hands-on um hired mike mccarthy um i I don't know i I feel like i feel like we're due for a crazy jerry move um we haven't had one of those in a while i'm just gonna throw this thought out there i'm not saying it's gonna happen i'm just saying it to say it just so that i can like plant the seed a little bit he's got two coordinators right now that are very hot in the streets for head coaching hires if Jerry looks at his own staff and thinks that either Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn would be a better head coach than Mike McCarthy, it's not outside of Jerry's brain to think that he might turn around to Mike McCarthy tomorrow and just be like, hey, I'm promoting Dan Quinn. See ya. I think the standard for Jerry is that high that it's not out of reason for him to do that. But I think Jerry's been trying to be more sane lately, have a little bit more stability. This is one playoff loss. They probably should have came back and won the game. Um, but, you know, I, I, the other the other thing to consider here is that Kellen Moore called that play. Kellen Moore is oh, calling yeah. plays. Oh, I'll, yes, yes. So, so I can't sit around and be like, oh, I completely blame Mike McCarthy for this because Kellen Moore is calling the plays. And Kellen Moore, in all of his head coaching interviews, should have to answer for that. So, you know, you can't, you can't sit around and be, I know there's a lot of people in in media that sit around and are like, Oh, Kellen Moore is a brilliant play caller. Um, He should be a head coach because of that. First off being a good play caller doesn't make you a good head coach. Just want to throw that out there. Um, That makes you a good coordinator. You can be a good coordinator and not be a good head coach. We've seen it a lot. Um, Vic Fangio most recently. Um, The other thing is that if you're a play caller, you're responsible for your good play calls and your bad play calls. That play call lost them the game. Mike McCarthy had the opportunity to veto that play call, as did Dak Prescott when he got to the line. I forget who said it, but it was a former Patriot. It might have been Julian Edelman, but he was saying that um, the rule was for a run play or something to the middle of the field, they needed to have 17 or 18 seconds left. It was, it was, uh, it was Dan Orschlovsky on ESPN. He said, he said, yeah, the cutoff, the cutoff is 16 seconds, 14 seconds. You're playing with fire. Right. And like everyone, Rex Ryan, Dominique Fox, like everyone on the set was like, yeah, like that's the golden rule. And everyone knows you pass the ball to the official everyone. Right. And, but the other thing is I think Kellen Moore might've gone back and looked at, um, some old LSU tape because I've seen this play before. I've seen a quarterback run with like a dangerously slim amount of time on the clock before it was the year that LSU was playing at Bama during the regular season. Joe Burrow ran a draw. Joe Brady called it. Joe Burrow ran it. I think they snapped the ball with 13 seconds left. 
in the first half. This was first half, not game ending. They snapped the ball, ran a draw. It was the perfect play call. It worked perfectly. I mean, that play worked perfectly too. Dak got a whole chunk of yards. Joe Burrow got out of bounds. Stop the, the clock. And they okay. came back. The other difference here, and, and okay, uh, we don't know what's going through Kellen Moore's mind. He's He has to answer for that. And I'm a huge Kellen Moore fan. Big shout out to the 20, 2009 to 2012 Broncos team at Boise State. He should have been in the national title game. I don't care what anyone says. Winning his quarterback in, in college football history. If that's the case, but dude, he should never be a head coach in the NFL. Like, never. Because not only is it a dangerous play, not only is there too much on the line, not only was your team obviously not prepared for that. In the NFL, when you get a first down, the clock doesn't stop, my G. In college, that'll work. You get a first down running, all right, oh, the clock stops until your team gets set or the official uh, p- like puts the ball in place. All right, cool. In the NFL, it's a running clock. And if that's what was going through Kellen Moore's mind, he gets paid way too much money and he's responsible for way too much to have that much of a brain fart in that critical of a moment that like if he was going to become a head coach this year, I think he's like now four years away from becoming a head coach again. Like like that, this should put his, there should be a ban on Kellen. And this is me, a Kellen Moore fan. I was raving about this dude, but before the season started, like he should be a head coach. And now I'm like, if, oh, now you got me thinking. I'm like, oh dude, like I I'm all wrong. Well, well, I, I think the play design was probably for Dak to go out of bounds because when Joe ran that It didn't play, look like it. It did not look well, like it. He definitely did not do what he was supposed to do. Like, the, the goal of that play is get a big chunk of yards and then get out of bounds. Joe Burrow, in college, when the clock stops at a first down, still got out of bounds. So, I don't – yeah, no, that was that was completely like Kellen Moore being like, oh, yards, not thinking at all about time, which is the number one thing that you have to be thinking about when there's – 14 seconds left in a playoff game that is going to end your season if you don't score here. So you need to be thinking about clock instead of just yards. That's Mike McCarthy thinking about clock instead of just yards. And that's Dak, who I've had this narrative going for him on a long time of being just a stat padding quarterback. He just compiles stats late in games when the game's already over. Um, Dak was stat padding a little bit there. It fits with the narrative of him just being a stat padder, just throwing on a couple of rushing yards when it doesn't matter and you're going to lose anyway. I've said this about Dak privately. I like I. It's hard not to like Dak. Everyone likes Dak. It's got nothing to do with whether or not you like him. Because I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, you hate Dak." Like, no, I, everyone likes Dak. But he's Matthew Stafford with a couple of playoff wins. Well, that's one playoff win, not a couple. Sorry, he's Matthew. He is he is Matthew Stafford. Actually, they are equal now. They he is Matthew Stafford. Uh, like it, like that. That's just who he is. He, he he's on some teams that have potential sometimes, but they're mediocre most of the time and. He gets a great stats, yay! But yeah, uh, but he's never gonna win with that as a quarterback of that team as long as you know my Dak Prescott's like a son to me, and just like Jason Garrett was, and Kellen Moore, you're next. I was like, like, like all. It's just like that. That team is just never gonna win. I think as long as Jerry's in charge, unfortunately for them, but. It's going to be a wild ride for them. Also, Dak Prescott not calling 911 and going for a Hail Mary. I'm mad he was still trying to spike the ball. That's what I'm actually most mad about. I'm like, dude, okay, it's like when you spike this ball, you're not going to have – like when you when you hike this ball, you're not going to have any time left. you got to, like, go for the, the play now. you got to go for the Hail Mary now. But it was just like they were they were going for a spike. I'm like, you don't have time for this. Say, watching watching that game on Nickelodeon was the absolute peak of, of civilization. <laughs> like – that was incredible. Just watching that happen and just laughing. 
I know um, Drew McGarry wrote a column in uh, in a San Francisco uh, uh, website. I don't remember which one, but uh, the headline was the funniest play of all time. And it was truly the funniest play of all time. Like just, it couldn't have happened to a better organization, you know, <laughs> like everyone loves the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone. <laughs> How about them Cowboys, man? Uh, ben, this has been great. This has been great. Uh, you got anything else you want to share with us before you leave? Yeah, I'll, I'll actually give you a rapid fire. Uh, I've got, so this is my favorite time of year because I have a, a, a phrase uh, or it's more of an acronym, KTGA, keep the guys around. Um, and it's basically like, it's just the same guys who just keep getting hired or interviewed for stuff uh, in football and other sports where it's just, you don't need to learn any new names. It's the same guys all the time. So I'll give you my top five guys uh, that have been interviewed for open positions because that's what's happening this time of year teams fire their coaches they're looking for replacements um and you get all these great names popping up where it's like i completely forgot about that guy but yeah he's a guy keep him around um so i'm gonna give you five are you, are you ready i'm ready let's go okay so number five uh the chicago bears have a gm opening you know who they interviewed the other day oh jeff ireland I don't know if you remember Jeff Ireland. From the Dolphins? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. That's bad. Former GM Jeff Ireland of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he had a problem there uh, with the whole Jonathan Martin, Richie Incognito thing. Uh, they kept him around for like three or four more years after that when they were really stinky. Uh, they had a fan fly a plane over the stadium that said, Fire Ireland, listen to the fans. We told you to do this two years ago. Because two years before that, they flew a plane over the stadium that said Fire Ireland. Um, he's been hanging around New Orleans the past couple of years. He's been in charge of their drafts, which have gone pretty well. So uh, Jeff Ireland could be getting another shot as a GM. So that's one guy to keep your eyes out for. Uh, number four, Miami Dolphins have a head coaching opening. Obviously, you know who they uh, who they interviewed or who they have a request in to interview. I. Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph. That's actually correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who's like, who's around that like doesn't really deserve a head coaching job, but like is probably getting interviewed. Ah, Vance Joseph. He's, he's yeah. probably getting interviewed. A lot of clout there. Honestly, I have no clue what Vance Joseph has been up to the past year, the past couple of years. But former Denver Broncos head coach, we all remember that moment uh, in his first Monday Night Football game um, with the sideline reporter who was like Vance Joseph having the time of his life. Um, oh yeah he's having the time of his life in the game of football and hike <laughs> like yeah i remember monday night football that classic <laughs> great moment that's it was week one monday night football the late game because week one they do two monday night football games fantastic um number uh, three this is... uh, before you advance joseph offensive coordinator for the cardinals oh defensive yeah. coordinator or yeah, sorry, defense coordinator. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, number three, personal favorite, the Giants have a head coaching opening. Um, Pat Shermer they, again. Let's go. No, Let's go. Today, no, Pat Shermer, is he on this list? Please tell me he's on no, this Pat, list. Unfortunately, Pat Shermer's on this <laughs> Give list. It Give it a year. Give it a year. Yeah. It, no, if he if he goes to a team that has a quarterback, like let's say, you know, Byron Leftwich gets a head coaching job somewhere, Pat Shermer latched himself onto Tom Brady. Pat Shermer's getting another head coaching job. You got to give that guy another shot. <laughs> got to see what he's got. Um, so, all right. So number three, um, the giants have an opening today. 
after he's completed two interviews already with Minnesota and Denver, the Giants today put in an interview request for. Do you want me to guess? Yeah, there you guess. Giants put in an interview request for guys always around, guys always around, guys always around. Uh, I don't know why the name Mike McCoy just popped up into my head. No, no, that is a good guy though. Mike McCoy's a guy. He's um, a guy. <laughs> it's so so. All right, so this guy's had two head coaching interviews already. He's probably going to have a job offer by the end of the week. And today, the Giants said, "Hey, uh, we should probably interview Dan Quinn, right?" So now they're going to interview Dan Quinn for their head coaching job extremely late in the game um, to interview Dan Quinn. That definitely feels like uh, the Giants were looking around like it's it's going to look bad if we don't interview him, right? Because he's probably the best guy that's out there right now. Um, so that was a, a big like backpedal move by the Giants. Um, number two, this one isn't really a guy. This is more of like, yeah, this fits and I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up happening. The Houston Texans, after firing David Culley, uh, have put in an interview request for Steve Wilkes. Um, it's got to be Steve Wilkes. Let's go another <laughs> another one and done, baby. With the Houston, just buying time, just buying time. <laughs> Steve Wilkes is, I think he's the defensive coordinator at Arkansas right now. I think that's where he, he is. He is at Arkansas. I know that, yeah. right? Just right? a Arkansas. massive. He's ball. in the SEC. He's yeah, in no, the he's at Arkansas because the other guy is. Um, oh, sorry, no, Missouri. Mizzou, Mizzou, yeah, no, Barry Odom's at Arkansas. Barry he's Odom's, at an, he's yeah. on an SEC team that's not Bama or LSU or Georgia, so it doesn't matter. Right, right. Go Hogs. Uh, the Houston Texans put in an interview request for the Eagles' defensive coordinator, who just got absolutely shellacked last week, Jonathan Gannon. Um, he's 38 years old, and they think he might be head coach material. So that's a guy. He might, he's, if he's not the guy this year, he's going to be a guy someday because once you have ascended to guy status, you will just keep being a guy. I um, love this. I love the fact that like, you, you know, like, you know how like everyone was like looking out for the next Sean McVay, like that young offensive, hey, like Cliff Kingsbury got hired, like, yeah, hi, like hiring all these guys. It's like, it's like teams are getting ahead of it. It's like, hey, when Robert Sala is, is successful in New York, I'm going to already have hired the next Robert Sala. <laughs> like, like, it's like they're three-dimensional chess going on in some of these franchises minds all right and the number one to to cap it off um we have a tie oh this is this is important we have a tie for number one okay um these are two guys that the carolina panthers and matt rule brilliant brain on that guy absolutely love his minds he's got just genius in his head um, he's brought in these two guys for offensive coordinator interviews with the Carolina Panthers. I, I like I I don't know. Like offensive. I'll coordinator. give you. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. They were head coaches in the NFC East at the same time. Oh my god! All right, so it can't be okay. So Pat Shermer is not getting any interviews, so it can't be in that era. Oh, if, uh, Doug Peterson. No, Doug Peterson's looking for a head coaching job. Doug, Doug is not taking an offensive coordinator job. Doug's too good for that. He's a Super Bowl winning head coach. NFC East? It could be anybody, dude. They change coaches all the time. There's Jason Garrett. Is Jason Garrett one of those names? No, that I'm well, like you wait, the odds, no, no, the no, odds no. were there. The odds were there. It was like NFC East, like long time. Jason Garrett's like, was, was, all right, okay. Last guess. Uh, offensive coordinator, NFC East. 
If it's Jay Gruden, I'm gonna like stop. Yep. No. <laughs> stop. No. Jay Gruden, m- most most famous for his time talking up girls outside of Mad Hatter in Dupont. <laughs> And then, and then also Jay Gruden getting high on a boat, and then having those recordings leaked or whatever. And the other guy, not as bad as when Urban Meyer was getting baked on live TV on SportsCenter, and you could see the reflection of some dude who was just not dressed, just not dressed, just just ripping a bong. Walking up dude. to him in the reflection, you can see Urban just going. No, 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 and, not right Ur- now. and Urban was gone. It was like he was he was doing the interview like. Oh, so yeah, we're 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 gonna we're gonna coach some players. It's like you're not a coach anymore. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was great. Right. So so it's Jay Gruden and the guy that's one of the guys that's competing with him for this offensive coordinator job in Carolina to coach up Sam Darnold. What a group they've got down there in Carolina to work on the same staff as Matt Rule, Ben McAdoo. I love look, the Carolina Panthers. Look, I absolutely love the Carolina Panthers. That is just a group of guys that they've got down there. Look, I'm just saying, if if Ben McAdoo looks a lot better <laughs> as far as the New York Giants head coach, given the last two guys they've had, like out of the last three Giants head coach, he is by far the best because it's like it's not even close because at least one of his teams went to the playoffs like at least he his did first something year. His, he first year. his first year i mean then he, he imploded he imploded as a head coach though the next year like that can't be ignored <laughs> ben mcadoo in the past decade in the past 10 years is the only giants head coach with a playoff appearance think about that and yep. ben mcadoo he's not 45 yet if he's a coordinator again and has a couple of good years, guess what? He's getting another head coaching job. You you bet that he's getting another head coaching job. So look out for that. I am I'm so excited that we've got Ben McAdoo uh, back in like high level coaching circles. Um, also coaching updates. It sounds like uh, Bill O'Brien is not going to get the Jacksonville Jaguars job. He should so, not get a job. Bill O'Brien should never get a head coaching job ever. Strictly off of that last year and he. My God, he, tr- I'm so sorry. I don't yeah. care. He's a great play caller, all that crap. He does. Gr- he did a great job for Bama. Did a really good job for the New England Patriots and for Penn State. My G. Every good thing that he did, like, in, in Houston was just gone, erased. When he <laughs> traded away DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and a second-round pick? Bill O'Brien, the GM, is not. You don't want to hire Bill O'Brien as a GM, but you do want to hire. But Bill, Bill O'Brien, O'Brien always wants to be that. He's gonna to want to be the GM, though. That's the. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be like the. It's gonna be like like you're in your third year. It's gonna be like the Doug Peterson thing, where it's like I want to be GM, and and you're gonna to have to say no, and then he's gonna be. Like, I want. Okay, I want to be fired. It's like all right, cool, bye. Somebody <laughs> should hire Bill O'Brien, and you know what? Just just let him be GM. Why not? He's he's gonna earn it. He'll go you know, 10 and six a couple of times. And they'll be like, Hey, let me be GM. And they'll be like, okay, give him another shot. You just gotta, you just gotta keep the guys around. Or the alternative is just keep him and Doug Marone together at Alabama. I've been calling them Beavis and Butthead. Cause they're just like, those are actually, you want to talk about guys. Those are two guys, right? The Doug oh, Marone yeah. is definitely a guy right there. Doug, big shout out to Doug Marone, the ultimate guy. Like yeah. my favorite thing about Doug Marone. And like, I know we're, we've gone a lot over time. So thank you. Well, yeah, there's that, but, this man willingly left 
in Buffalo. Even when he was on the up, he willingly left Buffalo because he was like, I see the writing on the wall here. <laughs> like, he, like, he had the best season. He's like, you know who should who sh- actually should get a head coaching interview if he hasn't got one already that I think gets, like, no respect for the stuff he's done? Mike fucking Malarkey. Where is Mike? Someone find Mike Malarkey. The, the last time I remember him coaching, he was coaching the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs. That great comeback with Marcus Mariota and, and, and company. And then he and then like they just what was it? They fired him, right? They he fired won him. Won a playoff game. He won the wild card game. They yep. lost in the divisional rounds, and then they fired him because they were like, "We've been waiting to fire you for years, and you just won't lose." And they just then they just fired him. But he he stunk, dude. He was a bad coach. He was oh, so I, bad. I, the hate, the hate, the slander, the Mike McCarthy slander. Hey, okay, he's not getting head coaching. Actually, he might. He, he retired in 2020, but. Never say never. It's the NFL. Urban Meyer came back uh, three times. Like anything can happen in the NFL. I mean, anyway. Not even uh, Jesus could do that. Right? I mean, come on. Urban Meyer came back three times. Jesus only came back once. Think about that. Notre Dame. <laughs> You're oh religious. God, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Uh, it's a story for another day. Ben Greenberger. Keep the guys around. Keep them around. Do not make me learn new names. I want to keep the guys around. Just same guys. Yeah. All I'll say is if Jim Caldwell doesn't get a head coaching job, I don't know what's going on in the NFL. He That dude definitely deserves He's deserved it for a few years. But anyway, Ben, you got any shout outs? Where can people find you? What's going on? Uh I have a I have a burner sports Twitter account that whenever I'm watching a game I'll just tweet on it. So uh, I also I also threatened uh, to come on this uh, podcast shirtless if I got five retweets. So uh, thank God he uh, didn't. The, the next time the next time you invite me on here, if I uh, get some more followers at the couch nap uh, because that's what I like to do when I'm watching sports. Love to take a little nap on the couch at the couch nap. Give me a give me a little follow. It's fun. Uh, I tweet what you're thinking and I, and I say it in a way that, you know, you're like, Oh yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. So it's helpful for people that are watching games who are online while they're watching games. Um, yeah. Have fun with it. Sports is about you, fun. You heard go it here. <laughs> go Bengals. You go Joe Burrow, maybe the, the Tom Holland of the NFL. Ben, thanks for joining us. You can find Ben's Twitter and all that crap somewhere in the episode description somewhere. I'll put it in there. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us. We got a lot uh, to look forward to this week. We had Real Take Wrestle Talk yesterday, uh, live every single Tuesday night, and we talked about Walter uh, being renamed as a Nazi because that's what WWE is doing right now, Ben. In case you're wondering about wrestling, um, we also got uh, we we also got this Sunday, obviously, and Saturday and Sunday the NFL. I'm going to be going live for a few of those games. Don't know exactly which ones. Definitely on Sunday. Probably not on Saturday. We'll talk about that. Real Take Sports Talk coming up at some point whenever I feel like it, and. RealTakeSports.com. So much stuff. So much to do. So much to see. So what's wrong with hitting that like button, subscribing, and hitting that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. www.youtube.com forward slash RealTakeSports. At RealTakeSports on Twitter. RealTakeSports Talk on Instagram, Facebook. We are everywhere. I have no life. And as always, keep it real.